Welcome to the Freedom House Church Weekend Message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. Goodness, we have so many people joining in from across the world right now. Not just all the beautiful faces that are in this room. I don't think that we always understand just how big this room is. Check this out. Tennessee, New York, Alabama, Florida, Virginia, Ohio, California, Washington State, Oregon, Japan, Ukraine, United Kingdom, Canada, Luxembourg, Missouri, Georgia, Connecticut, Switzerland, Hawaii, Germany, and Maine. Welcome. We are so, so glad that you are joining in. Uh, my name is Penny Maxwell. My husband, Troy, and I are the senior pastors here. And if you are new to Freedom House, we have locations all across the city of Charlotte. Uh, and obviously, we are online as well, reaching the world. But we are not a video venue church. We are a church that has live speakers and communicators on every platform across the city. Uh, so my my husband, I believe, is at Lake Norman. Pastor Diana is at South End, and I get to be here with you all. As we continue the series, we've been in on the Trinity, and I am, I am so excited because I don't think I've ever taught on what I am teaching on today um, from a platform. It's something that I've talked about before, but not uh, in a large group setting, so I am super excited. And let me just break it down for those of you who who might not be familiar or understand the Trinity. The Trinity, simply put, is the unity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three distinct personalities, three distinct um, people, if you will, operating as one. It's called the Godhead, different roles, but there is full cooperation between the three. So three in one. You see, all three were operating from the beginning of what we know to be time. And I think sometimes people just think, well, Jesus didn't come around until the New Testament. 
But Jesus has been around since the beginning. He just didn't take on a human form and flesh until the New Testament. And the Holy Spirit has also been around since the beginning. But we didn't see him actually fall and come and come like fire and land and remain on people until Acts chapter 2. But if you go back to the early account of creation, it in fact says that the Spirit was hovering over the water. So all three have all been present, but we see them operating and showing up at different times. As a matter of fact, because Jesus showed up like he did, it allowed us access to the Father, and we didn't have full access before. God had to veil himself, and only the priest could go in to the Holy of Holies. There was the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. There was a huge veil that was from top to bottom so large, and it was about six feet thick. So it was something that you couldn't penetrate or you couldn't go into. It was very difficult uh, to even try to break in. But when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the veil was torn from top to bottom. So we were allowed access in. So the Trinity has been in existence, but we didn't always know or understand when different parts of the Trinity were in operation. The Father represents headship. The Son represents redemption. And the Holy Spirit is what I refer to as the doer. Now, here's the thing. The reason that they have names is because names identify who we are and what we do, right? So think about it like this. Let me throw out a few names to you, and you can't separate the name from the person. Let me say this name and see what connotation comes to your mind. Hitler. You can't separate the name from what he did. Throw out another name, Mother Teresa. You cannot separate her name from what she's known for, what she did. You can't separate somebody from their name. As a matter of fact, when you think about someone's name, you go, do they have a good name? Is their name good? The Bible says that a good name is to be treasured way above riches, so a name is important, and what is in a name is important. So today what I want to do is I actually want to hone in. How many of you were here last week when my pastor, Pastor Gerald Brooks, was here, and he talked about the Holy Spirit? How many of you were here? Just so you know, Pastor Gerald is also John Maxwell's pastor, and he's on John Maxwell's board. So for those of you who love to read leadership stuff from John Maxwell, he swiped it all from Pastor Gerald. <laughs> Pastor Gerald is a ninja on leadership, and we are so honored that he is on our board and that he was able to be here uh, with you all speaking into you about the Holy Spirit. Today, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna talk about Jesus. And I'm not just gonna talk about what he did, I'm going to talk about the power that comes from his name because you can't separate the person from the power. 
So we're going to talk about Jesus. And, and before we do, I just want to, I want to make something clear today. Because how many of you ever heard the saying um, that you should not take the name of the Lord in vain? As a matter of fact, it's the third commandment. The first is have no other gods before thee. The second is no graven images. The third is don't take the name of the Lord in vain. And you see this throughout the Bible, mentions of this. But do you know what most people think that means? It means, they think it means using God's name like in a curse word, saying GD, or Jesus Christ in a way that isn't holy. They think that's what it means to take the name of the Lord in vain, but that's not actually what it means. It doesn't mean using God's name in a curse word. That word vain is literally, that word literally translates useless, worthless, or emptiness. It means failure to perform. So what it's saying is, is it's saying, don't you dare take on the name of Jesus and treat it like it's worthless or useless and not use it. When you take on the name of Jesus and you don't use the power and the authority that comes behind it, you are taking on the name of the Lord in vain. That's what that scripture means. It means don't take the name of Jesus and not be willing to use the power and the authority that backs up the name. You see, I I could say, I mean, nowadays people are identifying however they want to. Well, I could say that my last name is Rockefeller and walk into the bank and want to withdraw large sums of money. I can say whatever I want, but I don't have the authority to back that up. So it's one thing to say it, it's another to actually walk in the authority of the name because it's yours to use. And so what I see happening often in Christendom right now is I'm looking around and I'm seeing Christians who we say we have the name. Christian even means to be Christ-like. We say we, we have the name, but why in the world right now when darkness is abounding are we not stepping up on the front lines? It's because we don't realize the power that is backing us up. When we stand on the front lines, we aren't standing on the front lines in our own authority. We are standing on the front lines because of the power and the authority that Jesus has given to us. And here's what I want you to understand. When you have that kind of authority, there is nothing that should cause you to be dismayed. I see people right now going, I'm really afraid to say what needs to be said because you know, I'm, I, might, you know, I might lose business. I'm afraid to say what I need to say because it might agitate some people. Well, let me just tell you, if you aren't agitating demons right now, I would love to know why. If you aren't making somebody mad and stirring up the enemy, if the enemy's not coming after you, I would just say this. If you haven't met the devil head on, it might be because you're walking along with him. If we are speaking and declaring the word of God, you are gonna stir up demonic spirits because they cringe at the name of Jesus. 
They cringe. They squeal. Did did you ever see the Wizard of Oz? Follow the yellow brick road. Y'all saw that, right? Like, it reminds me of like the wicked witch of the West at the end when she's going, I'm melting. That is what it should be when you speak the name of Jesus. Every single demonic influence has to bow. We have the authority. If you are carrying the name and you're not using the authority that comes behind it, we are literally taking the name of the Lord in vain. In Matthew 28, 18, it says, all power and authority is given me in heaven and in earth. This is Jesus speaking. The very next verse, look what he says. He relegates and delegates this authority over to us as the church. And he says, therefore, because of the authority I'm giving to you, therefore, go and baptize all nations. We're gonna pick that scripture up again in a minute, but I wanna also read to you in Mark 16, the great commission, what Jesus says we are to do with his name. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. And by the way, we don't skip over the book of Acts here at Freedom House. In my name, they will take up serpents. In my name, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It is in the name of Jesus where we get our power. Here's what I know. I, I used to work in banking, right? And there was a lot of things that I would have to do because I was a banker. One of which is I would have to, on a regular basis, look at power of attorneys and make sure that they were able to be used, that they were, uh, everything was filled in and appropriate and they were legal documents. Do you know what a power of attorney is? It is I am giving you my name to act on my behalf. I am giving you the authority to make transactions, legal or otherwise, on my behalf. Did you know that's what Jesus did? He gave us power of attorney. He said, I am giving you my name, use it. Use my name. I love that he did that because here's the thing that Jesus said. He said, listen, I'm going away but I'm not leaving, I'm not abandoning you. I am going away, but there's two things, two things that Jesus left us with. The first, he left us with the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Gerald spoke about that last week. He said, listen, I'm going away, but the promise of the Father, the helper is coming. You see, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come on for a situation and then he'd lift off. Like Elijah outrunning the king's fastest chariot. The Holy Spirit came on, he outran the chariot, and then the Holy Spirit would lift off. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit doesn't come on and lift off. In Acts chapter two, it said the Holy Spirit came and now remains. Do you see the difference? 
He said, I am leaving the Holy Spirit with you. The second thing he did is he said, I am leaving you my name. You now have my name. And the name and the power of the Holy Spirit, here's here's the thing. If you look at a a police officer, right, his his badge, this this is authority. It's, It's a word, exousia. It's a word that means authority. Authority because you have been given the power, the authority to back up your role. This, this is what it means. This is exousia, his badge. That badge represents exousia. Well, if you don't listen to the exousia, he has another type of authority on him, right? It's called the dunamis, and it's right here. If you don't listen to the authority, both of them mean power. One of them means authority, and the other is more might, and it's where we get dynamite from, right? As a Christian, some of us have our badge on, but we don't know how to back it up with the power. It's one thing to have a title. It's another thing to back it up. If you had an account and you had $10 million in the account that you had access to, but you never ever withdrew a dollar, that wouldn't be so smart, right? But how many of us, we have access to what God did and we don't ever use it? We don't ever use it. And just like the power of attorney, Jesus gave us power to use his name while It wasn't, he didn't do it when he was in heaven. He did it while he was here on earth. And here's the thing about a power of attorney. They have to be notarized. God said, I'm sealing this. And Jesus actually came and made it valid through his blood. But there's a couple things about a power of attorney. You cannot take out a power of attorney if you're under any type of duress. Jesus didn't agree to this while he was on the cross, while he was under the pain. He did it before. He said, hey, I'm giving you this. I'm giving you this right. I'm giving you this access. He did it when he was in his right mind. And that is extremely important to understand that you have to be in your right mind in order to give somebody that power and that authority. And Jesus was in his right mind. As a matter of fact, when he gave us that name, the Bible says that it's recognized in three worlds. Heaven, earth, and below. So the name that you have, that you've been given, is recognized in all three worlds. It is so powerful. But many of us do not understand what it is that we hold in our hands You see, angels, men, and demons, all three worlds, have to bow at the name of Jesus. And here's the other thing about the power of attorney, is the man's name can do whatever the man can do, even if the man is not personally present. Do you know, I use the name of Jesus to dispatch angels all the time. The Bible says that we have angels that are assigned to us. And often I will say in the name of Jesus, and I will have, the Bible calls them ministering angels, I have them go and dispatch. Did you know that is a biblical right that you have? 
Did you know that God is working on your behalf? But many of us don't know and we don't understand that literally all of heaven is behind us. All of heaven is behind us. Here's the thing I know. Some of us in this room today, I remember um, when I was a loan officer at the bank and there are some people that come in and they, they wanted to get a loan, but they had no name. They had no credit, they had no history, they had no authority, right? It was those group of people. And then the other group of people that I, I couldn't give a loan to was those who had a name, but it wasn't a good one. They had bad credit, low FICA score. But do you know what? Even if they had no name or had a bad name, if they had a guarantor that said, you know what, I will give my name, I will be responsible for this because my name is good, it didn't matter if somebody had no credit or bad credit, that guarantor, we were able to make a loan because their name was good. Did you know that your name and my name isn't that good? But Jesus came and he was the guarantor and he put his name and God said, whatever you need, whatever you need, this is how you go through the name of Jesus and you have access to heaven. He literally gave us his name to use. Matthew 28, I wanna read this in detail. We started this before. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, a little bit of authority. Is that what it says? What does it say? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Here's the, here's the Trinity, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Here's the other thing I love, is that Jesus, he appeared to John in the Isle of Patmos in the book of Revelation, and he says, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen. And I have the keys of Hades, of hell and death. When you have the keys to something, it means you have access and authority over it. I don't have your house keys in my pocket because you do. It's your house, it's your car. And here's the thing, I may try to take your car keys but they're not registered to me. I don't have the authority. What Jesus is saying right here is that he took the keys back from the devil himself and he said, I am the one that has authority. The one who holds the keys and has the keys has the authority. Now here's the thing. I think some of us take the keys, so to speak. We take the name but we don't understand that we have to take the authority with it. It's the authority that backs the name where the power is. And what's significant about taking those keys is he's saying, listen, 
I now have authority over death and I have authority over hell. Here's the thing that I want to explain to you. There's a lot of people right now that are getting caught up in fear. I'm afraid to stand up at my business and speak for truth. I'm afraid to, you know, post something on social media that's going to upset people. You know, I'm afraid to stand for this because it might make a family member of mine mad or make somebody upset. And so what has happened is the devil has been whooping Christians up one side and down the other because we're so afraid of being called a name. We've forgotten that we have the name. And so what happens, what happens is here we are, here we are as Christians with the name and the power of Jesus all over us, and we're afraid. We're afraid. What if I lose my business? What if this person gets mad at me? What if it costs me a friendship? I would rather stand before Jesus on the day of judgment and say, I did everything that you asked me to do. Because when I'm standing face to face with him, you know, Uncle Tom, he's not there. Sister Sally, she's not there. It's me and Jesus. My boss, who I was afraid to say what needed to be said, he's not there. Cousin Joey's not there. I've got to give account for what I did or didn't do. And I don't want Jesus to look at me and say, I gave you a voice, why didn't you use it? I gave you a platform, why didn't you use it? I gave you influence with your boss, why didn't you use it? I gave you the name, why didn't you use the name? Let me just make something real easy and real simple for you today. If you come against the narrative of today, you are going to be called names. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care how old you are. You're gonna be called names. If you're in here and you are black and you stand up against the narrative, you will be told you're not black enough. If you're in here and you're a woman and you stand up against the narrative, you'll be told you're a sellout. You are going to be called names. You just have to know, just go ahead and say, okay, call me whatever. I have been called a racist. My personal favorite is a misogynist. I've been called a bigot. I've been called every name under the sun. And do you know why the enemy does that? Because nobody wants to be called those things. And so when the enemy raises his ugly head like that and the names start flying, most of us, because we want peace, we start to back up and go, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna put a dog in this fight. I, you know, I'm just gonna let Disney do what they wanna do. Let the governor do what he wants to do. Let's let all this happen because I wanna be the nice, kind, sweet Christian. And so I'm just gonna back up because people are gonna call me a racist. And you know, a lot of my friends are black and they might get upset with me. Or you know, I don't, I, I'm a man and I'm not gonna stand up for what really needs to be stood up for because then I'll be looked at as a misogynist. 
misogynist and I don't want people to think I have something against women and you know what, so I'm just gonna be quiet. I'm gonna like step back. And basically what we do is we are bowing to another name. It should not matter what somebody calls you. It should not matter anything other than fulfilling the call of God on your life. If God gave you a voice to talk to your boss, use the voice. God gave you the ability to not buy Disney stock. God gave you the ability to cancel Disney. There's an assault on our children and we're standing by because we don't wanna hurt somebody's feelings. Well, daggone it, you hurt my feelings. You're coming after my kids. I'm gonna come back. Don't let somebody call you unkind. I mean, Elisha, Elisha the prophet summoned for bears out of the woods and they came and they destroyed like 50 some, I forget how many, 50 some boys who were opposing the gospel going into Bethel. When the water came down over the Egyptians, there was loss. Do we understand that being a Christian and loving God isn't always like cookies and roses and tulips? There is a difference between a peacetime general and a wartime general. Now, would I rather be sitting at a table just talking about sweet, wonderful things and baking cookies and having a nice dinner with my family? Absolutely. But when it's time for me to suit up and put my armor on, I am not going to be left out. God has given us the name, and when we have the name, what is the worst you can do to a Christian? What is the worst you could do to a Christian? Take what you want. Take, I still got the name. Do whatever you need to do. I still got the name. And and let me just tell you, for for those of you who think, well, it might be easy for you to say that because you're a pastor or whatever. When we stood up to all this garbage that was going on, we had 40% of our church walk away. Now, what we didn't realize is that we'd get another 50% of influx. And you don't do it for that because we didn't know that was gonna happen. You do it because what's right is right no matter what cost you pay. What's right is right. Your character, man, I, I, I get frustrated when I see people follow charisma over character. Your character should matter. If something's not right, speak up. Use the name. Send the name of Jesus out to bind the strong man. Let me show you what the name of Jesus can do. In Acts chapter three, verse one, it says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. 
There's some authority, he understand. He said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God and all the people. You see, it's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's all the people who saw him walking and praising God because he had been lame. Everybody saw it. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Here's the thing we have to understand as Christians is the world is watching. The world is watching. And the world is trying to get people so focused on things that don't matter, that are unimportant, that we're missing the real thing, the work that the Holy Spirit is doing. Naomi, mama, would you bring Naomi up here real quick? Just bring her right here. Naomi, you feel like you can walk up here, sweetie? Naomi is a teenage girl who was in a horrific car accident who wasn't supposed to live. You guys just keep the cameras up here. She's gonna come right here. Just come over here, sweet girl. Naomi's a teenager. She was in a car accident. She wasn't supposed to live. In the hospital for three months, Naomi laid in a coma. Wasn't supposed to come out of the coma. Here is Naomi. But here's the thing. When she eventually got out of the hospital, she was in a wheelchair. She couldn't walk. But the power and the presence of God, now she's got a walker. The one who's, who's been in a coma, who wasn't supposed to make it, three months in the hospital, who's not supposed to be walking, who's in a wheelchair, who now is in a walker, walking with her mama. You know what did this? The name of Jesus, the power of Jesus. And Naomi, sweet girl, you know that your name means pleasant and beautiful. That's what your name means. And here's the thing, I see your scars. Beautiful Naomi, those scars are a testimony. Every time that someone asks you about a scar, you tell them what Jesus did in your life and you tell them the name of Jesus and how he saved you and you know what? I look forward to when I see you coming in here and walking and you don't even have this walker anymore. Thank you, mama. Thank you. Y'all give Naomi a hand. You see, while the demons are off doing all this crazy stuff, people like Naomi are getting up and walking again. 
But the world's got us so focused on the darkness that we don't realize the light that is actually here saving people. And it's the name of Jesus that is changing things. So let's see, let's see what happened here. Let's continue. Let's continue reading about this man who for 30 years laid by the gate beautiful. And then it says, and now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, and they were greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, and here's how we respond. When the world starts looking and the world starts noticing, Here's how he responded, men of Israel, why do you marvel? Why do you marvel at Naomi? Or why do you look, look so intently as though it was by our own power or our own godliness that we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up. You delivered him up, by the way, in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Right now, what you're gonna see is you're gonna see where the innocent are the ones that are being persecuted, but God is taking account. God knows what's going on. And he says further, and you killed the prince of life whom God raised from the dead of which we, we were witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him his perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And then at that moment, I love how people were dispatched and the presence and the power of God went with them. In Luke chapter 10, it says, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, this is how you know, he's been around from the beginning. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. There are 16 compound names used to describe Jesus before he actually took on flesh in the Old Testament. Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. Because any time that they would put up a banner, it meant that they won the victory. They won the battle. There are 16 of those. But here's the thing that's so amazing. Is in the Old Testament, they knew his name. They knew his name in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, we don't just know his name. We get to use his name. Can you stand up on your feet with me? I want you to understand what his name accomplishes. Using his name means that darkness flees. It means that sickness is healed. It means that the lost are found. It means that the gospel is preached unhindered.
It means that you can speak with new tongues, that we are unharmed by deadly things that might try to hurt us. It means that chains are broken. It means that signs and wonders happen, right, Naomi? It means we have access to the Father. It means our prayers are answered. It means that demons tremble and flee at the very name of Jesus. I remember one Sunday in the early years of our church, we had set up and we were in a a building that was portable and all of you guys are very blessed because you didn't have to spend eight hours setting up and breaking down. But after setting up and breaking down and and ministering, and we had stopped by the macaroni grill, picked up some food and and went home and were just sitting down. We were exhausted, just sitting down to eat. And there was this pounding on the front door. And it was a woman just screaming frantically, a woman who had attended our church. And, you know, back in those days, our office was, uh, the church office was over top of our garage. You know, the staff had a key. Um, Everybody was, everybody knew we would run meetings from our house, all of these things. So this family knew where we lived. And they, they pulled up and I was trying to understand what was going on. And she said that there was a, a demonic spirit that was attacking her husband. And we go out there and her son, who was a, a linesman, a football player, probably 275 pounds, is writhing with this demonic spirit and his mouth, his jaws chomped down on his father's arm. We pull them out of the minivan and it was just quite a scene. I remember our little kids, they were small at the time and they were standing in the bay window in the front watching all of this. And, and I remember, you know, we hadn't been in the house very long and all the neighbors were coming outside and I'm just thinking, hi, we're the Maxwells. <laughs> and there's this demonic spirit showing out. And this was a big boy, right? And my husband and I were trying to, you know, hold him down and get him to unclench his jaw from his father's arm. And we just began saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And this woman, she was like, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to do. We just, we drove to your house. We didn't know what to do. And my husband's like, shh. And we just began to say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And he unclenched his jaw and this demonic spirit came out of him. We thought it was just one. We we thought everything. And I was like, Troy, something's still wrong. I said, there's another one in there. And for those of you who don't understand that the spiritual realm is real, angels and demons are real. They are real. So I began to pray over him again and I looked him in the face and I said, come out of him in the name of Jesus. And that demonic spirit looked back at me and in the foulest voice said, leave me alone. And I said, no, you come out right now. You have no authority. And he began to, this young boy began to choke and this demonic spirit like flitted out of his mouth. And then the young boy laid limp on the ground and he began to sob. And he's like, 
what what is happening what is going on and I immediately the Lord spoke to me and I told him I said whatever is under your bed allowed access did you know the devil has no access to you other than what you give him I said whatever is under your bed you brought it in I said what's under your bed and he had pornography and it gave entrance into that house and then I looked at his parents and I said, listen, I want you to understand something. You had the name all along. You didn't have to drive to our house. You had the power all along. You need to know how to use the power. Use the name of Jesus. There was nothing different between my husband and I and the power that this husband and wife had. The name of Jesus Every knee will bow. Every knee bows at the name of Jesus. So you speak that name. You use that name in the authority. I don't care if it's over anxiety, fear, depression, worry, uh, like insecurity. You speak the name of Jesus. Anger, attacks that are coming against you or your family. You say, in the name of Jesus. Say, in the name of Jesus, you are allowed direct access. Would you close your eyes and bow your head in here? There's two groups of people I wanna speak to today. The first, the first group in here are those who would say, you know what? I have the name, but I haven't been exercising the authority that I need to, and I now understand that, and I'm gonna take my place. Would you just take your hand, put it over your chest, your heart? Just say, I'm gonna use that authority. I'm gonna use that authority. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it. Keep your hand there. The next group I wanna talk to is those of you who say, you know what? I, I don't know that I have the name. I'd like the name, but I I don't know that I have the name and I would like to have the name today. I would like to be introduced to the name. If that is you, would you take your hand and put it over your chest right now, over your heart? Just put it over your heart right now. I want you to say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus, the name above every name, And we thank you that our past is wiped away. And we thank you for the authority that is in the name. We will walk in that authority and we will fulfill our purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message. Thank you.